Hi, I'm Johnny Pollard, and welcome to episode six of the One Giant Mind podcast. We're in downtown New York City with Andrea Stern and a group of her friends. In this episode, Andrea poses one of my favorite subjects leadership and claiming personal power. Let's get into it. I want to ask you to elaborate some on what you touched on our last discussion about leadership, especially now at a time where there's a lot of conversations in the world about who has power, who has a voice, who doesn't. Um, so this is something I think a lot of us are thinking about all the time. What does it mean to have power? Why do we embody our own power? How does that translate into leadership? All, all these things in um, I think these are these are big questions that are both societal and also very personal. Yeah, and some of my favorite subjects to talk about. We are all innately powerful, and we all have a responsibility to recognize that in every moment we're leading, whether we like it or not. Every aspect of ourself is in relationship with something whether it be the, the quantum particles that make up our physical body, that form the subatomic particles, the atomic particles, molecular structure, and then the, the cells, and then the different parts of our body, they're all in relationship with each other. And there is something that is leading those relationships, something that is guiding, that enables it to sustain its integrity for us to remain alive. It is my view that true leadership is something that we are all inherently bound by. The very nature of our humanness, implicit in our actual experience, is that we are constantly leading. Now, we can embrace that leadership or we can deny it. The way that we deny it is by being ignorant of or in denial of my relationship to everything around me. So when I'm, in, when I'm ignoring or denying what I'm in relationship with, I'm not in connection with it. And when I'm not in connection with it, I am no longer aware of how it is that I am influencing you. I'm no longer aware of how my individuality is affecting you. Now, it doesn't mean <laughs> that I'm not influencing you. It's just that I'm not acknowledging how I'm influencing you. This level of disengagement is the denial of our implicit relationship to each other, which is that we are all influencing each other. My will, my intent, my desire, whether you like it or not, right now is having an impact on you. Your will, your intent, your desire, your actions are having an effect on me. This is, by its very nature, the principle of leadership in nature. I, I'm, I'm getting there. 
Well, you you, you said it by saying in nature because right. it's not yeah how we normally experience exactly. So I said, in my opinion, yeah. what leadership truly is. I'm making a distinction. I'll always make a distinction first of what I perceive a concept to be, and then I'll describe what the common misinterpretation is, and then correlate the two, and then that will create the pathway of how we can correct our relationship to the experience. So, in nature. We're all in relationship, whether we like it or not. And it's the degree to which we are aware of that relationship and how our individual desire, intention, actions, behaviors, and choices are causing an effect. To the extent that we're aware of that is the extent that we are embracing our leadership. Now, that's not all of it because we can be aware of the fact that we are influencing people and be willingly manipulating them to serve our own personal needs at the expense of others. This is the dark side of leadership. <laughs> and it's not fulfilling. It's fear-based and it's generated through the belief that there's not enough to go around. It's, it finds its foundations in a lack mentality that is often deeply ingrained at a very early age that causes people to, to be manipulative like that. And we see a lot of that going on in the world. That's what's dominating the, the leadership paradigm as we refer to it. Now, when you ask me this question, what I'm always going to seek to do is to reclaim the role, the function, and re-universalize it so that we can reclaim the power of the principle and the act of leadership by recognizing that it is incumbent upon every single individual to take full responsibility of their own power, their own will, their own intentions, their own actions, and recognize that every single thing that we do is informing the world of who and what it is. Everything that we do, every moment, is informing the world of what it is. And it is our blatant ignorance and denial of this simple fact that keeps us locked in a delusion that, one, we're powerless, Two, we don't really have a, an impact on the world. Little old me, what could I be possibly doing for the world and how could I be influencing the world in any significant way? I'm just an insignificant little individual in this big old world. And three, that, you know, the world's problems are, are, are too big for me to deal with anyway, so... Why would I even consider trying to be a leader, <laughs> to lead the world? What do I know? You know, these are, these are the delusions that keep us deeply entrenched in this paradigm that we're, that we're locked in, where we hand over our power to institutions with the belief that they have the collective interests at heart and that they are truly serving the, the good of all. Now, which brings us back to the question of power. 
when we don't understand the definition of leadership as I described it, as it relates to our nature, and we are given a position of power, it will always be abused. We cannot expect any individual that does not understand the principle of leadership in its purest and most natural sense, which is my individuality has an impact on the world. And as a leader, it is my responsibility to bring my highest self to every interaction so to inspire the quality of leadership in every single person that I interact with. So that every, every interaction that is taking place is between parties that are empowered with the understanding that they are immensely powerful. They are imbued with responsibility. And what, what must transpire is an equanimous exchange with sensitivity to each other's needs for the purpose of supporting the other with whatever it is that they require in order to participate with their highest qualities. So essentially, what leadership is, is the embodiment of our deepest nature of love, which is the expression of the desire to want to cause relationships that are mutually beneficial. Mutual benefit is shared growth. We are both growing. We are both becoming more empowered in this moment. And when we can unite our power and be benevolent with it, everything grows. It strikes a state of equanimity whereby everything is included, everything is participating, everything is empowered, everything is nurtured, and everything gains momentum. And this is what the world is absolutely yearning for, but has no conceptual framework to articulate it, let alone attempt to embody it and participate in this way. Yes. So can I ask you for a practical um, rendition of a situation where you might face, one might face, you know, in, in face of, of aggression, um, in face of a more distorted view of leadership or mm. power. Mm. What, what is, when, when your idea of leadership, bringing leadership, as, as you say, in the most natural form, face-to-face with this more, call it, distorted um, Delu- practice delusional delusional mm-hmm. delusional um, exercise of power or leadership mm-hmm. what does that look like mm. it looks pretty awesome <laughs> when it's actually put in play in an artful way but that artfulness needs to be cultivated and where we begin is first cultivating the awareness of not only who we are, but what we are, and developing the diligence to be ever vigilant in the way in which you are influencing everyone around you. And to what extent are you embracing 
the responsibility of your power? To what extent are you making demands of the world to conform to your needs in order to validate who you think you are? Or to what extent you are willing to surrender your need for the world to be something that you need in order for you to be still and hold space for a moment and reflect a deeper truth in your silence, in your stillness for a moment, and create an opportunity for you and that person or that thing, that force, that community to enter into a relationship with you on your terms, whereby they become receptive to your way. And what occurs through the process of listening and listening and listening and listening, eventually you win attention. Leadership is simply the art of winning attention. And a true leader knows that leadership begins when there is a dynamic whereby there is an exchange that can take place. Now, this is in its most pure and ideological expression. Let's talk about it in very practical terms. Embracing the power of our leadership position, our innate leadership position, is very clunky, very scary, often triggers us in ways that really challenge our capability to accept certain behavior and mentalities that absolutely offend our sensibility. It's so confronting. And I'm talking about, you know, at work, in, in relationships, but then, you know, when you, you pull back and you look at the leadership of our, our world, there are those that are in power that absolutely violate our sensibility. It'd be inconceivable to invite this person over for dinner. (laughs) And yet the challenge is on us to learn not only to have compassion for these individuals, but to understand the mechanics by which they operate and to artfully establish some kind of connection with them that enables you to not be compromised in your own humanity. And what that means is not abandoning your wisdom for disdain, for repulsion, for judgment. The evolutionary leap for us as human beings requires that we completely transcend the violation of our own sensitivity, of our own humanity, and demonstrate radical compassion. And I generally don't like using the word radical in front of things because it, you know, it gets bandied around so much. But in this instance, I think it's applicable because it is one of the most challenging things for us to move into a position of love for something that inspires such rage and and pain and hate 
in us. But if we're talking about the mechanics of what it is that enables us to really move forward, overcome what we're experiencing now, this terrible cycle that we're locked in of handing over our power, we need to look at this and recognize that the only thing that really is going to enable us to move out of our current paradigm, which is almost seemingly irreconcilable in its polarization, is to recognize that we are not absolutely one or the other, but we're in fact both. We exist on both ends of the spectrum. And we are the spectrum. And we have the freedom to lend our hearts to that end of the spectrum and lend our hearts to that end of the spectrum. There is no separation in anything that appears to be different to us. That's just a story we tell ourselves. They are an expression of our humanity. These people that are in power are actually an expression of our own humanity. And if we cannot within ourselves find compassion for that person or that, that leadership, it only is a demonstration of our inability to find compassion for that aspect that exists within us. It's a pure mirror. And this is why we're so confronted by what's going on in the world, because each and every one of us is participating in the story. We're funding it. We're contributing. We are. Having an intellectual moral stance or opinion against something doesn't absolve you. It doesn't absolve you from your responsibility as a human being to participate as a human being, expressive of your humanity, to transforming our situation. This is a big thing to chew on. But it's not being spoken about. It's not being talked about. Everything's so polarized. Everything is so us and them. You know, the best I can come up with when I'm confronted with those feelings or the presence of something so repulsive is to stand down. Mm. That's about maybe the extent of my evolution. Mm. <laughs> I don't have to react, so I've, I've reached that level, but stand down is the best I can come up with. Mm. So you're, t you've, you're taking it to a level I almost can't imagine mm. in terms of leadership, right? Standing down is just almost like a passive resistance. Okay, no. It's... You're talking about something much more active. Mm. Let me be really clear about what I'm explaining as a general principle. I will never prescribe any absolute response to any, anything because true wisdom is an intuitive spontaneous response to the special circumstance of that moment. And the reality is that confronting somebody in a moment might be entirely appropriate for that moment, and then in another, inappropriate. It's not, it's not about the surface-level expression of our leadership, of our power, in any absolute one particular dynamic 
Like, fight the power, fight the power, fight the power, no matter what. You know, that's a way of doing it. You'll find that you'll get very tired. You'll be confronted with immense resistance. You'll forget your humanity. You will be constantly reminded of all the things that you hate about things. The, the challenge for us in our leadership is to always strike a balance between how much we confront things head on and to what extent we are vigilant in nurturing why we're doing it in the first place. And the why we're doing it in the first place is to create a world that is more caring, more loving, more compassionate, more inclusive, more generous, more progressive. That's why we're doing all of what, what we're doing. We've missed the point if we lose touch with that experience day-to-day, moment-to-moment. We're not interested in martyrdom in our leadership. We're not interested in abandoning our humanity. This is not true leadership. This is perpetuating the cycle of us and them. And so this is not a prescription for any one particular circumstance. It is a call to action, first and foremost, to become intimately acquainted with the reality of your own power. How am I influencing the world? Now, this needs to be examined with the people that you love (laughs) and the people that really challenge your capacity to love them. Right across the board, once we become intimately acquainted, we start gathering evidence. Wow, I really do have an influence. I really do have an impact on the world. We're generating greater data to enable us to conclude, wow, I have a responsibility here. I have a responsibility here to act in a very particular way whereby I will not surrender my own sense of self my own sense of power, my own sense of what is right, and fund and enable this transgression of my, of my sensibility. Now that may mean in that moment withdrawing from being in relationship with that circumstance, that person, that group. I mean, it's it's, such, it's, it's such an, it, this is such an important kind of nuanced thing. It really is. Um, Especially because there's no prescription to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because there's no prescription to it, this requires any, well, let's just put it this way. Anything that requires or anything that we're utilizing a prescription for is invariably going to fail us at some point. Any one course of action to apply right across the board other than be here now, remain open, and detect the relevance of to what degree I bring myself into this moment. That would be my only absolute prescription. How you then choose to engage in that dynamic must be dictated by your own intuition, your own sense of conscience, and to what extent you feel 
you can cause some kind of elevation. Now, if you're confronted by someone or something that is so dominant and dictating and so desensitized to the subtlety of what you're offering, then in those moments, it's often wise to withdraw. But it doesn't mean you're defeated. It just means that you're putting your attention elsewhere whereby you can propagate, cultivate, grow greater strength in areas where the soil is more fertile. You know, we can cast seeds into the desert and hope they'll grow. And from time to time, it's a worthy experiment. But for the most part, put your attention where you know your power is going to grow, your influence is going to grow. Recognize that it's not just about you. It's about us. And so the more we get together and share and live in a particular way that is reflective of our power, we're giving ourselves permission to interact where we're fully expressive of our power and we're being held accountable to our power. We're giving people around us permission to hold us accountable to our power. Then we're creating something that's going to, in numbers, have a massive impact on the unsustainability of these people's behavior. And notice that I say these people's behavior as opposed to these people, because all of these people that might be violating our sensibility are people. They're human beings that have just been conditioned into their state and that every single person is reachable, influenced. Every single person their hearts can be melted. The main thing that I want to reiterate out of this conversation is the notion that all of us are always leading. And when we can embrace this as a reality and the responsibility that comes with that, we start to understand the principle of personal power. When we take responsibility for the fact that each of us are influencing everything all the time, and we ask ourselves the question, to what degree are we influencing? How are we influencing? That's when we start to refine the way in which we bring ourselves into every single relationship and dynamic. And that directly correlates with the level of fulfillment that is generated through the connection that we get, the growth that we get, and that sense of belonging that I talk about. If in this episode you felt inspired to want to learn meditation, there's two really great ways that we can recommend. Right now you can download the One Giant Mind app and learn with our 12-step course. But the most potent way to learn is with a teacher. We recommend that you go to the One Giant Mind website, onegiantmind.com, that's the numerical one, giantmind.com, and search out one of our certified teachers. Now, if you're feeling called to become a meditation teacher, be sure to check out the One Giant Mind Meditation Teacher Training Academy. More than ever, we need expertly trained teachers to step out into the world to meet the demand of the growing number of people seeking a simple and effective way to learn how to practice meditation. We hope that you can join us for the next episode.